I'm Catherine and for over 20 years now I've been living and working in France. During that time I've been employed, self-employed, unemployed and a stay-at-home mum. I've put three kids through the French education system from start to finish, from preschool to uni, bought and sold numerous properties and filled in more forms than I ever thought possible. I've experienced just about everything that life, and especially life in France, can throw at you, and I've survived it all. In 2009, I co-founded Survive France, which is now the go-to online resource for English speakers in France. And now I'm here to share my years of experience, all of my tips and tricks and insider know-how with you. France Made Simple is sponsored by Fab French Insurance, who will make your life as simple as Frenchly possible. Hello. Well, I got a lot of feedback and a lot of questions and comments uh, sent my way after the last episode. And quite interesting, actually, to see how many of them were so similar. So I thought that uh, this week I would address those and chat through some of the questions and give you my responses. So one of the questions that uh, really came out was people asking, what can they do? Is in, I'd like to work for, for myself. I'd like to work from home. I don't know what I can do. Now, I think the reason people not only want to work them for themselves, because as we talked about previously, finding employment in France can be tricky. There's a language barrier. There's There might be problems with recognition of um, qualifications, all those kind of things. Another thing that came out, which is something that I hadn't thought of particularly, is that an awful lot of people live in extremely rural areas where there just aren't the employment possibilities that there would be in the UK where everything is a lot closer together. So people are looking to work from home and often change direction and do something completely different. So in no particular order, these are some of the suggestions that I've come up with. Teaching, now obviously it's better if you do have a teaching qualification, some kind of professional background and you will need that to work for a structure. But if you want to offer conversational English lessons or help uh, children with school homework, then that's something that most native speakers are able to do. And you can start that very simply and easily by putting up an advert on either Le Bon Coin, Facebook Marketplace, or there are numerous sites, uh, Super Prof, Kel Prof, things like that, free to advertise. And you can just uh, test the waters and see if that's something that is for you. Now, it, it is or it isn't. People either take to teaching like a duck to water or they hate it. So that will be a very personal decision, but it is something that you could think about doing or hosting, acting as a host family for French um, school children and some holidays, even French adults. You know, that again is very, very popular and is a nice little sideline. If you've got the skills, you could do editing, web design, uh, sales, social media, SEO, web marketing, video and photography, secretarial work, virtual assistant work, accountancy, coaching, 
And then there's more sort of, you know, practical stuff, sewing, cake making, hairdressing, nail technician. All of this can be done at home. Again, now, it is going to depend on what you want to do, uh, where your skill set is and whether you are allowed to do it or not, which was the next question that came out. What am I allowed to do? So as I said previously, the best place to start to see exactly what you're allowed to do and under which business structure that will fall is your local Chambre de Commerce or Chambre de Métier. They will be able to tell you about any regulations that may affect your profession as well as um, putting you in touch with any financial assistance that may be available for new businesses. They will also be able to tell you that if, you, if your profession is excluded from a micro-entreprise statute, um, so state agents, for example, are not allowed to be micro-entrepreneurs, neither are authors, um, both of which are jobs that could be mainly carried out from home, but you will need a different business statute to do that. Um, they'll also point out that the ME scheme might be, although it's very simple and user friendly, it might not be appropriate either if your turnover exceeds the thresholds, as we talked about, or if you're going to incur significant expenses because the allowances for any costs are built into the ME tax ban. So that means you cannot deduct any expenses. Now, if you are a regulated pro uh, profession and um, in this case you could be a hairdresser or an accountant or a wine importer well it's France so it's very important that the wine importation profession is very regulated um, you will need to be registered with the appropriate body and prove that you possess the necessary qualifications or experience but again the Chamber of Commerce or the Chambre de Métier will advise and some professions will need to attend a training course. Uh, this is generally true for artisans. Um, this is known as a stage de préalable à la installation. Um, it lasts around four or five days, costs around 200 euros is organised uh, usually by the Chambre de Métier and it will cover the various aspects of running your own business. Another thing that came out was that um, some people are, I wouldn't say wary of becoming self-employed, but feel a bit overwhelmed and daunted by the prospect of managing their own paperwork, um, especially if they've just recently arrived in France, I can completely understand that. So one of the other questions that came out was, are there alternatives to becoming an auto entrepreneur whilst being self-employed? And there are actually. You can choose to use an umbrella company rather than registering as a business in your own right. Once you've signed a contract with them, they act as your employer and they deal with all the paperwork whilst you get on with finding your clients and doing the work. This is called portage salarial um, and it does provide peace of mind in terms of invoicing, you know that everything's going to be done correctly. And it means that you're um, entitled to access exactly the same health care, unemployment and retirement benefits as any other employee. You might also be able to offset some costs such as travel to client meetings 
Um, and again, this could be useful if you're working for overseas clients. But there's always a but. Uh, these companies obviously take a percentage. Uh, it's usually around between seven and ten percent. So you need to calculate your potential earnings and see if it will be worth your while. A few people also asked, how do I prove that my business is legitimate? Which again is quite a valid concern given the number of um, uh, dodgy expats trying to work on the black. Uh, although they, they are a dying breed these days, but it, that did used to be a big problem. Um, so once you've registered your business on the EarthSAF website, the process normally happens quite quickly and then you will be given what's called a SIREN number, S-I-R-E-N. Now this number proves that you are a legitimate, legitimate business and the uh, all official agencies and the government will use that in all correspondence. You also get a SIRET number, which is your SIREN plus a five digit code, which identifies the location of the business and clients and employers will most often ask for this SIRET number. Uh, you may also be asked for the APE or NAF codes, which identify the main activity of your business. So they obviously vary according to what you're doing and they will all be issued at the same time. So once you've got your SIRET number, that is the proof that you are a legitimate business and you have registered with all the appropriate authorities. I also got a few questions about paperwork and whilst uh, paperwork in France is notoriously daunting, being and being self-employed is quite daunting as well if it's something you haven't done before. It really isn't that bad because uh, obviously you do need to keep track of your paperwork and be fairly organised. Um, but what you do need to do is just keep track of any money coming in, which if you've got a separate bank account for it all to go into is quite easy to do. Keep expense records if you're not an auto entrepreneur and you're going to be able to deduct expenses. Um, although most people who are self-employed are auto entrepreneurs. So, you know, it that does simplify things. Um, you need to make your monthly or quarterly de income declarations on the EarthSAF website. Use a separate bank account um, and pay your CFE tax. The CFE tax is the Cotisation Foncière des Entreprises, which is payable every year in December. Um, Ours is due on the 15th, but this may well vary from region to region. And the lovely tax office no longer send out a paper notification or any kind of notification. Um, so I've been caught out by this before. So make sure you make a note in your diary every year for the start of December to log in to your uh, tax account on the gov.fr site in your professional uh side, not your particulier, but it's the impôt professionnel, and follow the torturous, appallingly designed, mind-numbingly bad system that is currently in play, um, which involves multiple windows and leads to a different website altogether where you find the notification of the amount and then you have to go back and pay it. 
it's so bad that if the system hasn't been improved by next um, the end of next year, I think I will do a video tutorial on it because I did mine last week and finally managed to work it out. And um, when I finish recording this, I'm off to do my husband's just to check. Uh, we've got ours on direct debit now, but it's good to know the amount. Um, it was a pleasant surprise this year because it was less than last year. So that was good. But it varies between normally, I think the lowest is going to be a hundred and something euros up to 3000. And it does depend on the type of business and activity and where you are. Um, so don't forget that one. Um, and obviously make sure that all your invoices are fully compliant with all French requirements, which means not just the usual stuff such as date, client details, prices, payment terms, descriptions of the goods or services you've supplied. You also need to include your SIRET or SIRIN number, professional qualifications or insurance details if that's appropriate. And as you're probably not going to be charging TVA, the following phrase that says TVA non-applicable. Um, and you should also make sure that on any publicity material you produce, whether that's a flyer, a poster, business card, website, that you have your SIRET and SIRIN numbers on that. Another question I got was, where do I find clients? Well, that's kind of how long is a piece of string type question. Obviously, there are websites like fiverr.com, peopleperhour.com, indeed.fr, all of which are useful sources of potential freelance opportunities. You can also advertise on Le Bon Coin, um, and Facebook Marketplace. I think social media is something that's definitely worth um, exploiting. And again, it depends on what you're doing. If you're offering ironing or sewing services, then little card, business cards in local shops are a great idea. Notices in the supermarkets, people still look at those in France, especially in more rural areas. If you're making birthday cakes, all of those kind of things where you're appealing to a very local market. Um, if you are providing services which can be done at a distance, you know, virtual assistance, secretarial work or whatever, then websites, online, social media, all of that. But I would say the most important thing when you're starting a business is to cast your net as widely as possible. Network, 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 and then do some more networking. And talking of networking, not only will finding online support groups that are industry specific or business people within your local area that you can socialise with help grow your business. I think it's also very important from a personal point of view, because working from home especially if you're doing that all the time, can be very lonely and it can be very socially isolating. 
you know, you might think, right, I've got my business registered, I've got my business cards printed, I'm going to sit at my desk in my pyjamas, having had a healthy breakfast and been for a morning run. And the reality is that you have good days when you're very productive and you have days where it just seems impossible to get going because you're missing that social interaction that you get in an office environment. Um, And this is particularly true, I think, of people who've recently arrived in France because they often don't have a massive social network yet. And it can be lonely and demoralising. It's also very difficult to switch off when you work from home, especially when you're starting out. And it's very, very easy to find yourself working through meal times, working at weekends, working in the evenings, just, you know, not taking that time to be firm with yourself about taking enough breaks, creating a routine and sticking to it and making time for you, uh, which is very, very important. So do try and make an effort to socialise outside work, working hours. Um, And the Chamber of Commerce and the uh, Chambre de Métier are a very good resource for details of sort of local networking events and the idea of le networking and uh, le after work is very, very popular now in France. And it's not only a great way to potentially meet new clients, you might meet some like-minded people and friends that you actually end up getting along with on a personal level as well as a professional level. Obviously, self-employment isn't for everybody and it isn't suitable for every role or every type of business or employment role um so another possibility is remote uh, remote working for a foreign or overseas employer so if you're planning a move to france and your existing employer is prepared to let you continue working for them which is often the case in situations where the employee is already working remotely at least part of the time this can work perfectly Having said that, although it's the simplest option in terms of finding employment, if your employer isn't used to dealing with overseas workers and doesn't have facilities set up to do that, then uh, navigating the appropriate systems and dotting the I's and crossing the T's, shall we say, can be complicated to say the least. Um, Part of the problem is that many people believe that if they move to France and continue to work for their UK employer, they can continue to simply pay tax in the UK. And many employers believe this as well. Obviously, unfortunately, this is most definitely not the case. Um, In France, the French authorities consider that if you are physically present on French soil whilst carrying out any type of work, then you are employed in France. And as such, your employer has to contribute to the French social security system. In return, France provides you with health care and if necessary, sick pay, unemployment benefits and so forth and so on. Now, foreign companies with little or no experience of employing people in France uh, are going to be unaware of this. Um, And many, many people have had their UK-based human resource manager suggest that they can simply become self-employed and invoice the UK company as a freelancer. Now, if you work for several UK companies or indeed any several 
different companies or overseas companies, um, then there's no problem in doing this. You could have a mixture. You could have some French companies that you're invoicing and um, a UK company. That's absolutely fine. Then you can be an, uh, an auto entrepreneur. No problem. Um, you just set up as normal and start invoicing your clients. But if you only work for one UK company and you have no other clients, this is strictly forbidden because... French employment law means that as an employee, you benefit from job security and excellent social security cover because the employer is also contributing. Self-employed uh, people contribute less and therefore posing as self-employed when you're actually employed in every sense other than contractually is known as concealed employment or salary at déguisé, um, and it's viewed that the employer is, is avoiding paying his share and this is seen as social security fraud and you do not want to get involved in this. So how do you get around this without uh, breaking the law? So luckily the ERSAF have produced a comprehensive guide which does clearly explain exactly what your overseas employer needs to do in order to be fully compliant with French law. Um, the company needs to start by declaring the employee to the CNFE, which is a branch of ERSAF. Uh, the CNFE stands for the Centre National Ferme Étrangère. Now, this declaration must be made by all employers with no registered business premises in France. There are obviously exceptions, but these are only for entertainment, entertainers without regular employment, sales reps with multiple employers and bullfighting professionals. Um, as most of my listeners are probably not bullfighting professionals, I don't think this will apply to you. Um, there's a standard form for everybody else and this is available online. You complete it online, but then you need to print it out, sign it and post it to the CNFE. The CNFE then sends this information to all the other uh, relevant social security institutions and will give you an, uh, will give the company an ID number, which is equivalent to a CIRIT number, which will then be used in all correspondence between the overseas employer and the CNFE. The company will need to declare hiring the employee. Uh, this is called the Déclaration préalable à l'embauche, or DPAE, and this can be done online. And of course, they're going to need to make payroll de declarations, um, which again uh, need to be completed, dated, signed, and sent to the appropriate institutions before specified dates. Um, most of these have now been replaced by a single monthly online procedure called the DSN. Um, and then the company can pay the charges via cheque, bank transfer or electronically if they've opened a French bank account, which is probably a good idea because otherwise bank transfer fees are going to um, apply. And they need to make sure that the transfer 
the amount transferred equals the amount of contributions owed. Um, so this all is probably sounding to, uh, probably starting to sound quite complicated, but this is a good but for once. Um, there's an organisation called the TFE, Titre Firme Etranger. It's a free, complete service package that will let the employer complete all the formalities online once they've registered with the CNFE. Um, this service is available to all companies with less than 20 full-time staff in France, so that's most people, and it applies to both short-term and permanent contracts. The big advantage of signing up to the TFE is that there's one single form for all hiring formalities, and this also serves as the employment contract. There's one single declaration to all the various social security branches, you know, healthcare, pensions, unemployment benefit, blah, blah, blah. And one single payment to URSAF, who then manage the various payments, which makes life a lot easier. Um, there are English and German language versions of the site, which is a big plus for any non-French speaking overseas employers, because most HR managers in the UK are not going to be that fluent in French, I wouldn't imagine. You can, this service, the TFE service is optional, but if your company chooses to do this, then they must use it for all the employees working in France. But again, how, you know, they're probably only likely to have one or two employees working in France, unless they are a massive company, in which case they have different systems set up anyway. Um, once the employer has registered with the TSE and completed their déclaration, the DPAE, um, they have, there's one more form to complete, which is a sort of wages form, which is all called the volet social. And this uh, collates all the information required to calculate social security contributions and taxes payable. And the employer will be able to see in their account the employee pay slips, the contribution breakdowns, tax certificates for the employees, and various other bits of sort of annual employment um, data and information. And it's a useful service because it also means the employer will be uh, sent via email a reminder before any payments required and can pay online. Obviously, this all sounds so far so good, like good news. Um, so these changes have made the system much easier to navigate for foreign companies. And it certainly helped to make employing workers based in France much more of a possibility. But, the usual but, there's a downside. And that's that the cost to the employer is often higher than the amounts they are currently paying. Um, this is because French residents obviously benefit from extremely comprehensive, comprehensive social security cover excellent health care, generous family allowances and unemployment benefits. And this comes at a price and the price is higher social charges. Um, the social charges paid by employers come in at, at around between 25 to 42% of gross salary or 54% net. So on a gross salary of 1,282 euros, the employer is paying 42%, so that's an additional 538 euros, which is quite a lot. 
There are ways for employers to reduce these costs um, by providing lunch and vouchers, or ticket resto, although I've heard mutterings that these are going to be phased out, um, which will probably lead to riots in the streets, obviously, because um, having your lunch is very, very important. Um, they could also provide company life insurance and um, they can also reduce the cost by providing comp um, complementary health care, which is obligatory for all employers to offer now anyway. Um, travel costs, expenses, company cars can also provide, provide a way to reduce uh, salary expenditure, but at this stage, I would say that your your employer needs advice from a good accountant and there needs to be a negotiation between you and your former employer. Um, and you need to be realistic about possibly taking some salary cut um, to compensate them for the fact that they will be paying more in social charges. So it's not insurmountable, but it's just something to be aware of. So it can be it can be tricky to get started as a salaried employee for an overseas employer, but the benefits are really significant because having a permanent contract or CDI as it's called in France um, will give you job security, you know, cheaper health insurance, better pension rights, and it also makes borrowing money in France, whether that's for a car loan or getting a mortgage much much easier so my advice is if you have the right skills and can work remotely and think your employer might go for this option then it's definitely something to pursue i think that's about it on employment and self-employment um but do keep your questions coming and if there's anything i haven't covered uh let me know i will put um, some useful links to the EarthSAF guide and the TFE site in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it's been useful and see you soon. If you've enjoyed this episode, and I really hope you have, then please do spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues, tell your neighbours, tell anyone you think might be interested. And please do follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps others to find us and we really appreciate it. France Made Simple is sponsored by Fab French Insurance, who will make your life as simple as Frenchly possible.